This is episode 11 of Essential Oils by Design. Hi everyone, you're listening to Essential Oils by Design the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Roz Isbell and Nani Chasire, and there's three things we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Nani. Hi, Roz. How are you today? Good, and how are you? I'm great, thank you. So today, Nani, we're going to be starting a new series on children and we're going to be talking for at least the next three weeks, we'll see how it goes, about kids and human design and essential oils that can help support our children in living out the highest expression of who they are. So today we're going to be looking at the five types and how they show up in our kids. Yes. And I also want to just put in there that this is also about parenting. I mean, it's about the kids, but it's about using these tools to help you either have less stress or just have the tools that you need to support you as a parent. I can say from certainty in my own life that both human design and knowing more about my kids has helped me probably mostly with my frustration Um, (laughs) and just, just like honoring them more for who they are and understanding where they're coming from. And then the essential oils, of course, like they can help with a lot of things that are in the human design chart, as well as I just saw such a difference from looking at my second child from my first child where I didn't have essential oils in my life. It's just much easier because I know if this happens, I can use this and it can shorten the duration of something that's going on or it it really can help you. So I'm excited to share it. Yeah, me too. And whilst I probably spend more time than I should wishing that I discovered essential oils and their emotional benefits and human design a lot earlier than I did with my 11-year-old daughter, I didn't. And this is how it is. And I have to say that even under the circumstances now, even though we've only been using these tools for the last three years, it's made a massive difference to so many things in our lives and made life so much easier. And it gets easier all the time. So what I'm trying to say there is it's never too late to start. If your kids are not babies anymore, it's never too late to start recognizing them for who they are. (laughs) Totally agree. Before we get started, we just want to address some questions that we got from one of our listeners. And we want you to know that you can ask questions anytime. And hopefully whatever you ask about will help other people as we're answering it for you. And Roz, you have some questions from... From one of our lovely listeners. Yes. So it's Jilly. Hi, Jilly. Hope you're having a lovely day. Julie has sent us a couple of questions. The first question is, can gates open and close at different times in your life or are they set in stone? So Nani, what's your take on that one? My take is that the gates that you have, you just have a defined way of using that energy, but we have We actually all have all of the gates in the chart, but the ones that are defined is a defined way for you to use it. But you'll feel the energy differently depending on who you're around because the gates hook up or connect with other people's gates that are hanging as well. And so it might feel one way around one person and another way around another person. Even if they have the same gate connection, their energy is going to be different in that connection. Yeah, there is, there's a couple of places that are age dependent, if you like, and we haven't got into the various aspects of the planets in the human design chart, but there is energy that shows up in the north node and in the south node, which makes up definition in your chart. Now, whatever shows up 
in your south node, which is, it looks like an upside down horseshoe when you're looking at those numbers over on the, usually on the left hand side or on either side of your chart, depending on which chart you're looking at, you'll see a couple of glyphs, symbols, and one looks like an upside down horseshoe and one looks like a right way up horseshoe. <laughs> depending on what horseshoe looks like to you. Anyway, the upside down one is the south node. Now that's energy that is a big theme for you up until the age of 40. It always is a theme for you. It always stays with you, but it's a big theme for the first 40 years or so of your life. The north node, which is always above the south node symbol, the north node energy, that is more thematic for you in your post 40 years. And it's always energy that you're moving towards in your pre 40 years. So yeah, those particular energies, whilst they do not open and close, they become perhaps stronger or less thematic for you, depending on what stage you are in your life. Okay. And the second question that Jilly has is, if your gate or center is undefined, do you automatically have the high vibration of that region? My answer on this is when you're born, you do. Um, but we all get conditioned by things that happen in the world, parents, and it's not ill-meaning, but we get conditioned. So wherever you're undefined is where you're going to be susceptible to the most conditioning. And conditioning is where the things that are going on around you make you feel like you should be a certain way and not necessarily the way that you were born to be. So wherever you're undefined, you don't necessarily automatically have the high vibration. In fact, it's quite possible for you to experience the low vibration where you're undefined. Where you are defined, you experience your own vibration. You, know, you experience your own energy in that area and you're not so susceptible to what other people are trying to get you to do. But in an ideal world, we're experiencing the high vibration of that region. And, and let's face it, that's why we're doing this work and why the subject of today's episode is so important because if we understand our children's human design, especially from the time that they're born, but at whatever stage, as early as possible, if we understand their design, then we can help them to experience the high vibration of their entire chart, including the parts of it that are undefined. And by the way, Jilly, the answer, the easiest answer, you don't have to know much to get more towards the high vibration. It's just living out your strategy. So whatever type you are, live that out. Yeah. Always comes back to type and strategy, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's get on with the show. Yes. So the human design system actually came about for the children. <laughs> It was downloaded in the first place so that some of us parents could start knowing more about ourselves and then learning about our children so that our children can grow up. I mean, this totally ties into Jilly's question. We can help them grow up to be less conditioned and be more of themselves. Mm. So shall we run through the types, Nani, starting with the manifester? Sure. So if your child is a manifester, you're in for a wild ride. <laughs> manifester. <laughs> Kids are here to get the ball rolling and initiate things, and they only have capacity for short bursts of energy. But when they have energy, they have a lot, and they may start things but not always finish them, which is just part of the design. But our society, of course, does not always have patience for people who don't finish things. Yeah, Roz, maybe you want to remind us just of a few brief things that we need to remember about manifestors. So if you have a manifester kid, manifester kid is going to be the one that wants to go and do things by themselves, that wants to go off. You can be minding your own business and all of a sudden your manifester child is down the end of the street and you have no idea how they got there. And of course, you're tearing out your hair because they're only two years old and they're down the end of the street. But that's kind of what the manifester child does. They are their own person and they do their own thing. And it's very important to allow them to do their own thing. It's very important to allow them to initiate things, to have ideas and to follow through with them if they are at all practical. And I have to say, we are not for one second advocating irresponsible parenting here. You need to do what you need to do to keep your child safe. However, 
there is, and I'm, I'm always a little bit loath to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is a little bit of the bubble wrap situation with the manifested child because they are kind of safe, right? Things don't tend to happen to the manifested child because they've gone out and initiated action. They might actually happen to them because they haven't been allowed to do what they want to do. So it's very important with your manifested child that you give them as much rope as you can allow yourself to give them. If you do this, you're teaching them to be a good manifester and therefore to be a good manifester adult. And their likelihood of success and their likelihood of living out their life purpose as an adult is going to be increased merely by the fact that you've recognized who they are as a child and you've allowed them to be who they are. Yes, this instills self-trust in them. As Roz was describing, I actually know a few parents who have manifestor children and it's fascinating to watch because literally if there's a fence or uh, something blocking off a space that you're not supposed to go in, they find a way to get around it and get to the other side. (laughs) Exactly. They can be a whirlwind, can't they? But that's who they're here to be. Yeah, they're just exploring. An essential oils, Nani, for the little manifestor or the manifestor's parent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one of the things we've talked about with the types for adults as well is that manifestor children, if you have not informed them or they aren't informing you, which is part of their strategy, they can get angry. And so I recommend breathe or cardamom just for the the anger piece of it. I like to recommend things on the emotions for kids because that's the first thing you can get at. Another really nice one which can work for the child and also for the parent is myrrh because myrrh is all about trusting, trusting in yourself and trusting in the decisions that you make and feeling safe. Now, this could be something that the manifested child needs to feel because they may have been exposed to situations where they were made to not feel safe and perhaps they've been conditioned not to do what they want to do because it's not safe. So in the deconditioning process, using an oil like myrrh can help them to feel safe again by trusting themselves and doing what feels right to them. But the manifested parents can benefit from using this oil as well. It can help them with trusting in the child. So, yeah, I think myrrh is a nice one for the manifester. Yes, and I think that also can help for manifestors to trust in knowing when enough is enough. Manifestors, kids, they need to take breaks because they have bursts and then they need to rest. And they also, if your child is having sleeping issues, that's a manifestor, which actually the parents that I know that have manifestor kids, their kids actually sleep a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they sleep naps, long naps and a long time at night. But for some reason, if your manifestor child is not sleeping and they're sleeping, say, in a room with another kid, it'd be best to separate them into two different rooms because they're taking in energy at night and also just lying down for a while before they go to sleep. So you could use myrrh at that time. It's a very grounding and relaxing oil. So you could use it during that period of time when you're trying to wind down at night, or you could use lavender or the calming blend called Serenity in the United States. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, in it's lavender <laughs> yeah. here, yeah. One other oil that might be good for manifestors would be lavender, I guess, for calming, but also for informing or spearmint, like we've talked about before. Because I have seen this with friends who are parents of manifestors, that actually informing as the parent is super important, especially when your kids are a lot younger. And it's simple things like today we're meeting with this friend, and then we're doing this, and then we're doing this. Or right now we're going outside, but it's cold outside, so you need to put your gloves on. Just like informing them of what you're doing and maybe even why you're doing it really helps. It it actually helps teach them how to inform. They see you do it, and then they're realizing, oh, that helps. On that informing piece, you're not asking for permission to do something. You're telling when you're a manifester or a manifesting generator. But with kids, it's a really good idea to teach them to ask permission. 
before they do something. So before the two-year-old walks down the end of the street by themselves, teach them to ask permission. Whether or not you're going to let them do that is another thing. You know, you might let them do it. You might stand at the gateway and without them knowing that you're there watching them. But it's really important that you teach them to ask permission because whilst that's not really what's going on. You're really teaching them to inform. It's a great way for them to get used to telling people what's going on before they actually take action. And what this does in the same way as it does with an adult manifesto is it softens the energy and it makes people more accepting of what it is the manifesto is about to do. So if your little manifesto kid comes up and asks you permission to do something, you will find just by the very nature of their energy that you are very likely to allow them to do it anyway. It's just the way the energy works, but obviously safety first. (laughs) Yeah. And manifestors, unlike generators, which we'll probably talk about next, don't like to be asked yes or no questions. They might get angry if you Yeah, it's really hard for them to find answers to yes or no questions that you can see them searching, trying to find an answer to a yes or no question, but they can answer statements. So if you make a statement at a manifesto child, I imagine you're feeling quite cold today, or I wonder what you'd like for lunch. If you make statements at them, they find that much easier to answer or respond to. So try that trick if you have a manifested child. Don't ask them yes or no questions. Try to avoid asking them questions at all. Instead, make statements at them like I'm wondering, I imagine, and, and tell them how you're feeling with almost like an inflection as in you're expecting them to respond to you. So to kind of sum up manifestors, don't shut down their power, but pick your battles wisely, like saying no for the important things like safety, informing them and teaching them to inform you. Those are all great things for manifestor kids. And the next one, of course, is the generator. So Nani, being a generator and being a mum of a couple of generators, (laughs) can you kick this one off for us? Yes. Well, as generators, we have this sustainable energy, which it's actually maybe I I could say hard for me as a parent sometimes because, well, I'm on the roof right now, which is something that we haven't talked about, but I don't have as much energy as I had 10 years ago, Mm. um, just for a little while until I become a role model. (laughs) But my kids have energy that can keep going and going and going. So we actually develop areas and just routines to let them run that energy out because they cannot sleep well until they have moved their body enough during the day. And the most fascinating thing for me was asking them yes or no questions, especially one that was young enough. If I asked him, what do you need? He couldn't answer me. But if I said, do you need some food? Do you need some water? Do you need a hug? Do you need to go to the bathroom or whatever it was, then he could finally say, "Uh uh-huh, or yes to whatever I was asking him. Even though it took me five questions to get to it, it alleviated a lot of frustration and actually time in the long run. So if you have generator kids, asking them yes or no questions is very helpful, especially if they're like really conflicted about making a decision. (laughs) They actually know the answer already. So asking them, yes or no questions can be really helpful. If they have the emotional decision-making authority, which we've talked about in past episodes, it can take them longer to truly get to a yes, but probably for bigger things, something in the moment they can still answer uh uh-huh or uh-uh to. So generators, pure generators that don't have the manifesting part do not have a motor to their throat. And so even though Like my throat is defined and I know kids that have defined or undefined throats, you still need to wait to be recognized or asked to be truly heard, which is interesting because I have seen kids that overcompensate and talk all the time and ones that retreat and don't talk at all. And I've actually went through both because I think I talk too much. And then one of my teachers told my parents that I talk too much. And so it kind of actually shut me down for a long time and I didn't talk at all. And now I'm learning to just wait. And then when someone asks, the energy is like very powerful to answer and people actually listen. 
And I think that is such a valuable lesson. If you happen to be the parent of a generator, one of the best things that you can do for them because they don't have this motorized throat, and we were talking about this in our last episode on communication, teach them to wait until they're recognized before they speak. So if they're in a classroom situation, teach them to wait until the teacher asks them for the answer to a question. And they will. You know, that's the thing about this energy. That's the crazy thing is that if they wait to be recognized, they will be recognized. Teach them to wait for other kids to speak to them or at least acknowledge them and look to them for something to say. An action as simple as looking at you, if you're a generator, is you being acknowledged and that's then okay for you to speak. But if you just start speaking, you won't be heard. Or if you are heard, people might not like what you've got to say or they might steal your ideas. This happens often too. Perhaps not so much with kids, but it definitely happens with non-motorized throats. So just something to bear in mind if you can possibly teach your kids and try to make it so that it doesn't sound like it's not fair. Oh, it's not fair because I can't speak without being spoken to. Once they get in the swing of doing it, they will notice massive change. They will recognize that they get recognized often. And as a parent, you have the power to make them feel recognized by asking them questions or asking, you know, asking them for their insight or whatever it is you're giving their voice the power of the yes. motor. And as well, we were talking about self-trust with the manifester and letting them trust their inner guidance was the answer. But for generators, if you can teach them how to use their sacral to answer What's truly right for them by asking, the, and it's simple as asking them yes or no questions instead of something that's more open-ended where they get confused and go in their head. Keeping on asking sacral questions and having them trust that will really give them self-trust. Generators are supposed to wait to respond to things in their outer reality and signs in their life and then also like have this sacral response, yes, I want to do that. So teaching your kids as they're growing up how to follow this It'll just be so helpful as they get older. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a little generator, a really little generator, and they start saying, uh-huh and uh-uh, you know you're on the right track. Let them mm -hmm. keep going because that's our primal sound. And very often we have that conditioned out of us as youngsters. And that goes for generators and manifesting generators. That goes for anyone who has a defined sacral. Uh-huh and uh-uh are kind of our natural yes or no sounds, our positive or negative sounds, our yes, I want to do that or no, I don't want to do that sounds. So listen out for them and if, if they happen naturally, woohoo, you're on the right track. And if they don't, try and encourage them by using those sounds yourself if that's possible mm -hmm. for you. You can also use the yes or no questions to gain commitment on things that you may have, maybe I could talk about myself, <laughs> I may have like commanded something like pick up all these toys right now but if you ask questions that can help gain commitment it's like does this room feel better when it's cleaned up uh is it going to clean itself up no uh-uh yes it feels better cleaned up uh-uh it's not going to clean itself up will cleaning up this room make it feel better uh-huh and maybe then they'll help you clean it up or maybe you're like do you want to clean it up now and they're like uh-uh will you help me clean it up later uh-huh then maybe you can just gain commitment at a later time that's just a, a little example but you can use it for kids young or old for and it works it does work. Getting that commitment, they might not want to do that right now. And if they're saying, uh-uh, that's what's correct for them right now. They're doing something else. But if you can get commitment for them to do it later on, they will. What about some oils for little generators, Nani? Peppermint. <laughs> my my little generators get frustrated and so do I. And then we frustrate each other. And peppermint is good for frustration. So that's one that we can use in the moment or spray in the air. I mean, there's so many tricks with kids. You can proactively do things like diffusing it. Or if you know you're always frustrated on your drive home, use it in your car or roll it on with a rollerball. That's one thing that I guess we can talk about for children with essential oils is adding fractionated coconut oil and diluting the oils is really great for kids so that they're getting 
smaller amount of oil at one time and it's also absorbing into their skin. And doTERRA actually just came out with a line of essential oils specifically for kids. And they're targeted at helping your kids regulate their feelings and emotions. And they're already in rollerballs. The awesome thing about oils that I've found in my life is that they're empowering. They're empowering for all the types of kids because I let my kids put them on themselves. And my daughter even the other day asked, like, I'm I'm feeling this. What can I do to help myself right now? And we talked through it and figured out lemon was the oil that she needed. And she tried it and it boosted her mood really quickly. But anyways, so you can teach them. And from a really young age, like probably even a one or two year old can use a rollerball. Absolutely. (laughs) Nani, I had a similar experience uh, yesterday, honestly, yesterday with my own daughter. And this does happen regularly. She's emotionally defined and she's been feeling a bit of sadness lately for no particular reason. It's obviously just what's going on with her emotional wave. And she's becoming much more aware of her emotions. We talk about them and I know you do too, Nani. You talk about emotions with your children and I think this is a really, really important thing to do, whether they're emotionally defined or not. But my daughter is emotionally defined and she's been experiencing this sadness and there is one particular oil that she loves and she's quite sensitive and we will talk about sensitivity in the chart down the track. (laughs) There she goes again. But this particular oil is the jasmine oil and it comes in a roller bottle and she loves it. And I'm not kidding. When she said this to me yesterday, I said, why don't you go and put some jasmine on? And she went and put it on and within It would have been less than a minute. I don't know. I didn't time it, but it would have been less than a minute. She was smiling and happy and saying fun things again. It was like that sadness had dissipated. Now, that doesn't mean that she's bottomed out of her wave. It just means she's been brought up a little bit in the moment. And that did stay with her for the rest of the night. And she is... She was okay again this morning. So I think we might have averted something there, but there will be times when you you might need to reapply. But I just think it's such a handy thing. Handy thing, number one, to have those essential oils there, but also to have your children understand what it is that they might be going through and that there is something that they can do about it in self-empowerment. And mm-hmm. you can teach them as kids to do something about it when they're not feeling great. How incredibly powerful is that? And by the way, if you're new to doTERRA and don't know this already, they have a whole line of oils that are pre-made rollerballs and they're like safe for age zero to a hundred and they're called touch. So if you're ordering even like peppermint, you can type in peppermint touch. You don't even have to make your own rollerballs if yeah. you don't want to. They're amazing. Yep. <laughs> I just wanted to suggest as one a little bit out of the box, and this is this is one of my favorite oils. I really love it. But from a generator perspective, generators are designed to do one thing at a time and do it really well and then move on to the next task. But it can be a challenge sometimes for them to actually remain present with that task that they're working on and to complete it before they move on. And there is an oil blend, which I really love, and it's called In Tune. It's the Focus Blend. Now, it does tend to polarize people. Not everyone likes it, and it is quite strong. And I would definitely recommend with this particular oil, if you are going to use it on your kids, that you dilute it. And you can dilute it quite a bit. So, you know, maybe one part in 10, you know, one drop in a five mil roller bottle topped up with fractionated coconut oil or whatever your preferred carrier oil is. And that can be enough to allow your little generator or anyone for that matter who's having difficulty focusing on something and completing a task to actually have the motivation to get that job finished so that they can then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about the mastery that Roz was just talking about, it's called like a stair-step learning curve, is that they might actually get frustrated right before they're about to hit a next level of mastery. And it doesn't actually necessarily mean that they need to quit for good, but they might need to take a little break and wait to respond for something to to move up to the next level, but you can actually ask them at that point. And I'm thinking for kids, this might be something like a sport that they're doing. Say they're playing tennis and they can't get that overhand serve and they just want to quit tennis now. 
but actually if they just wait like a day or two, they might all of a sudden be able to do it. You can ask them like, is it time for you to quit? And I've used this before with my kids and it, it really helps because more than likely they're like, uh-uh, it's not time to quit, but just take a little break and then all of a sudden it might become easier for them. So that's one thing about generators that could help you. Yeah. If you're a generator type, you will have experienced that yourself where you think, I'm going to give this up. I don't like it anymore. Or I'm really struggling with this. And then all of a sudden the next day you've mastered it. You've moved on to the next stage. So our next one is manifesting generators, Nani. This one, they're primarily generators, but there are definitely some nuances, like even just leading in from the stair-step learning curve. Manifesting generators are designed to skip steps, so they find shortcuts. And so think of them like if you're looking at a, a step, they're jumping up over that step. Or like if you were climbing a mountain, they're just like able to run up to the top, but they might forget something and have to go back down or like there's... They ran too fast and now they need to take a rest. So it's just different than the generators. It's kind of like they might find a shortcut or there might be something that they missed and they need to go back and fix it and then move forward. So yeah, you're telling the story of my life, Nani. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the key there is to allow your children or yourself to not beat yourself up for trying or like doing something and being like, oh, I missed that thing because you are actually designed as a manifesting generator, your children are, to just go a little faster, skip steps. Sometimes you find shortcuts and sometimes you have to go back and correct something and it's no big deal. It's just how you work. Yeah. Manifesting generator kids will go fast most of the time too. They go really <laughs> quick and they get frustrated and angry with the people around them who aren't going fast enough or <laughs> getting yeah. out of their way. And they'll take it as a personal slight because they'll think that they're deliberately trying to slow them down. But I think one of the most important things you can do for your manifesting generator child, and this goes for the manifester child as well, is to teach them to inform. So like mm -hmm. we were saying with the manifester child, teach them to ask permission because that's a really, really good way, kind of like a going through the back door way of teaching them how to inform people of what's going on. By them asking permission, they are informing. And if you can teach them to inform as children, then they will inform as adults and their life will be so much easier. And then everything else that we said for the generator pretty much refers to the manifesting generator as well, teaching them how to answer yes, no questions, making sure that they're worn out before you put them to bed at night, because if you're not, it's going to be a waste of your time and theirs because mm -hmm. they won't be able to sleep unless that little red sacral is worn out. What else, Nani? Well, I was just thinking these, and this is the opposite with the manifester, but manifesting generator kids, like if you start to learn other, your friends' kids' types or whatever, maybe it's your own kids, they might be in multiple sports, whereas a manifester alone doesn't have that sustainable energy. And so they might actually not do any sports because going to school is enough for them, or they might pick a sport and then decide not to do it anymore or quit in the middle of it. And that's totally okay. Manifesting generators, the ones that I know, at least that are children, they can handle it, but they have a lot of things going on. And sometimes the parents even need to put them in more things than they're in because they need to be doing more than one thing at a time. And if if you're looking at your manifesting generated child, maybe doing their homework and they might have you know, four different books open at once, or they might be working on two different projects at the same time. For you to say to them, can you just stick to one thing? Can you just pick one thing and finish it? That's not actually correct for them. Or they may well need to be working on more than one thing at a time because that's the way they operate. And understanding this can help you to better parent them and to allow them to feel safer and more comfortable and more accepted for who they are. Because when they do that, all they're doing is being who they are. And I think part of the informing too, I was just thinking of this as Roz has been talking, think of your kids at school. And I'm like 
I mean, I'm thinking of the parent-kid relationship, but also the kid-kid relationship. So manifesting generators need to envision who they're going to impact and inform them. But sometimes they're taking shortcuts and they're not telling the people who they're impacting, which could be their classmates. And if they haven't learned how to do this in envisioning and informing, they might make kids angry and frustrated with them. So, and these are like, if your kids are having issues, it might be something to think about or look at, like, do they know how to do this? And there's one particular oil that I really like for manifesting generators and particularly manifesting generator kids, and that's vetiver. Vetiver is a beautiful grounding oil, but it can help you. And I don't want to sound contradictory to what I just said, because I said it's really correct for a manifesting generator to have a lot of things on the go. But you know what? That can actually sometimes feel a little bit scattered to the manifesting generator. They want to have those several things on the go, feeling nice and, and you know, they want the transition between A to C to D to back to B to feel quite smooth and not scattered. And vetiver can really help with that. It can help to sort of pull you back to where you need to be so that even though you have got five or six things on the go or six or seven tabs on your laptop open, it all feels right and it's all in your mind properly ordered. I hope that makes sense, but vetiver is a very powerful oil in its ability to do that. And it's one that I use a lot when I am feeling like that. The one I want to recommend is Wild Orange. And the reason I recommend this one is because manifesting generators, although they do want to keep busy, sometimes they might say yes to things that they actually meant to say no to just because they're super excited about doing whatever. So Wild Orange can kind of keep you in a high vibration state or like open to abundance. And what I'm trying to say is to follow your bliss. Yeah. Try things on that your that your sacral is saying yes to and teach your kids that because if you grow up saying yes to things and then trying to stay committed to them that you don't want to be doing, you'll get burned out and you don't want your kids to get burned out. You want them to be like a high vibration manifesting generator is super duper powerful. And I really love the idea of wild orange too. And it's an oil that most kids absolutely love. The next type we're going to talk about is projector children and projectors are designed to wait for invitations and they're here to direct and guide others. And they have this like beautifully innate ability to guide and manage other people. They need to be recognized to be heard, which can be very interesting for children to understand how this works. But if you can teach a projector child about their gifts and how to use their energy, it will help them so much as adults because projector adults that I've met that didn't understand this, it's taking them a while to step back into the power of their abilities. They are wise little people. They know things way beyond what others might know or what those of us who are not projectors might know. They have answers for you. If your projector child gives you advice, tells you something, listen to it and your sure to find some wisdom in what they've said. And as Nani was saying, one of the best things that you can do for your projector child is teach them to wait to be recognized. Teach them to wait until somebody recognizes them before they share these gifts. These gifts are so precious. These gifts, this knowledge, this understanding that these projector kids have is so precious and it needs to be shared with the right people. And the right people are the people who will recognize your child. The wrong people won't recognize your child. And so if your child shares what they have with the wrong people, then it's such a waste. It's such a waste. Yes. And an example that I think can explain this is if your kid, so your kid's a projector and they see a bunch of people playing tag at school or something like that. And then they just go over and start telling them, these are the rules of tag and you're playing it wrong. Even though they might be totally right, they are not going to be well received by the kids playing tag. But say one of the kids playing tag is, is their friend and they're like, Hey, 
I don't remember the rules. Little projector kid, can you tell us? I know they wouldn't say it exactly like that, but if they ask like, oh, can you remind us how to do this? Or then all of a sudden it's like they're this little guru <laughs> telling everyone the answer and it can flow much better than if they're trying to push their wisdom, which comes out in different ways as if it's like little wisdoms, like on the playground <laughs> or whatever. And it's really important for you as the parent of a projector to invite your child. The more they can get used to hearing invitations as a child, the more accepting they will be of that being the way that they initiate action. So they don't take action until they've been invited to do something. So as a parent, you invite them to do things. You invite them to come with you. You invite them to set the table for dinner. You invite them to do everything. And a really beautiful thing for you to do if it's if it's possible, if it's viable, if you have something like a family meeting, even if there's just two or three of you, if you can invite your projector child to chair the family meeting, then you might be very surprised at what comes out of that meeting and what you learn. And the child will also get experience in doing what it is that they've come here to do. So if it's at all possible, try that one. Yeah, you can even just ask them for their advice and then they'll feel recognized and feel more lovable. And the whole context behind this is that projectors are here to know other people right? They know you better than you know yourself, but they don't know themselves. So projectors are here to know others. So ask them about you. Ask them about problems. Ask them what you can do to sort a situation out and they will have the answers. And another thing, it's a great thing for you as the parent of a projector to help your little projector to get a group of people around them that they trust, that they can go to when they have questions about themselves because they don't know themselves. They need to see answers reflected back toward them from other people. That's how they know what's true and correct for themselves. So if you can help your child to get a group of trusted adults older people, maybe some you know sensible teenagers or whomever, then that would be really helpful for them so that they know they can go to those people, talk to them. They don't have to accept their advice, the advice of these trusted mentors. They don't have to accept your advice, by the way, but it will help them to see what's true and correct for them. Yep. They're like guiding themselves by talking it through with someone else. That's right. And sometimes projectors may feel inadequate and it's because our, you know, society says that you need to do a lot of physical work or do a lot of work, <laughs> but they're not designed to do the sheer physical work, like even mowing the lawn, but they're not lazy. It's just how their energy works. Like unlike the manifesting generator who might have a lot of things scheduled, they're more like the manifester where they probably shouldn't have as much scheduled until you kind of figure out how much they can handle. Going to school might be enough energy coming into them and they might need to come home and discharge. And as well for sleeping, they need to lay down before they go to bed for like lay horizontally so that they can discharge energy from people all day. And many families are made up of different types. So you just even being in the home with you, they might be taking in energy. So they might need to go in their room and be by themselves for a while. Yeah. And that's okay. That discharging energy after school is super important. If your projector child comes home from school and they're amped up on all of these little generators that they go to school with energy, they need that time, that quiet time when they get home to go to their room by themselves or go out in the backyard and hug a tree or lie on the lawn or whatever it takes just to have that little bit of time where they can discharge that energy. So essential oils for projectors, Nani, what do you think? I think Digest Zen, which is the digestion blend. So it like kind of can help you digest physically. It can help you digest like your food, but also just energy that you're taking in. You're taking in some emotions. That's for the empathic projectors, but just you kind of just want to break it up, dissolve it and get it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, which it's not going to appeal to every projector because 
and we talked about this in one of our first shows, I know we did, that projectors sometimes don't like heavy essential oils, but there is a blend. Uh, it's called the relaxation blend or the tension blend. It depends. I've seen it called both. Its name is past tense and it's, it's quite a strong oil, one that definitely needs to be diluted if you're going to use it with children. But this particular oil is fantastic for when you're feeling sort of burnt out and overwhelmed, when you're sort of a bit out of balance. This oil can bring you back to center again and help with that overwhelm, with that feeling of not knowing when you've had enough. And that is one of the things that we find with projector kids, especially with manifestor and reflector kids too. They don't know because they don't have that sacral energy there that allows them to keep going and then switches off when it's tired because they don't have that energy center defined. They don't know when they've had enough and they can get very, very overwhelmed. And if you're the parent of a projector or a manifester, or any reflected child, you will probably know exactly what it is that I'm talking about when I say yeah. that. So yeah, past tenses is a really nice oil for dealing with that situation. Yes. So the projectors make sure to help them learn how to be invited or be recognized so that they have power in what they're talking about and that they don't have to have a huge group of people. They just need the right people around them. And just like working with them on knowing when enough is enough because because we as parents, if we're not deconditioned ourselves and we have ideas that we should be working more, we might pass that along to our kids and tell them to be working more than they should be on whatever it is. So just recognizing that if you're a generator parent and you have a projector child, they might not be able to do as much as you, you can physically. Yeah. Okay, so the last type is the reflector. The reflector children are wise observers and have a life purpose of magnifying and reflecting what is around them and then mirroring what is around them. So they're like the barometer of health for their community and their community could be your family. And they need the right people and consistency to feel good and be in the right place. Reflectors, if you remember, have all of their centers open and so they're always taking in energy from other people and amplifying it. So it's definitely important for them to be in environments that are good for them. So important for the reflector to be somewhere where they feel happy and safe. It's vital. If your reflector, if your little reflector looks sad, feels unhappy, isn't doing well health-wise, then that is a reflection of the people around them. Yes, I actually, I know a family who has one of every single type in their family. And it's very interesting because until they learned about human design, they thought the reflector child was the one that was like the most emotional and the most, I don't know, any sense. He, he was amplifying every single center and every single person in their family. And I said, if he's having a hard time, it means he's reflecting what's going on in your whole family. So it's just something interesting if if you find out that your child is a reflector and only less than 1% are reflectors. So it's not as common, but if you find that you have a reflector child, sometimes it's like maybe you need to look at what's going on for you or the rest of the family too, because they're just reflecting yeah. what's going on around them. And of course they take a month to make a decision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which in itself for the rest of us must seem like such a challenge but that's the way they're designed and so if we know and understand this about our kids what kind of a leg up are we giving them by teaching them that it does take a long time to make a decision and that's okay that's how they're designed that's what they're meant to do and if they do that then things will flow for them. If they don't do that, if they try and rush a decision, if they feel pushed into a corner and they make a decision quickly that they should have taken time with, the chances of it working out are not very high at all. Really, they need that time. And it's very important that we, as their parents, as their guardians, that we support that and that we honor that and that we teach them that it is correct for them. <laughs> what oil would you recommend? for? Well, I've got one and it might seem a bit unusual. I've, I know I've talked about it before in previous episodes, but it's the outdoor blend. It's called Terra Armor here in Australia. And I think it's Terra Shield, is it, in the States? Yes. And the reason that I think this oil is so brilliant for reflectors is because aside from its protective 
qualities. And when you are a projector, you, you're very open and there is a potential for you to be vulnerable. There is some built-in safety net there. Human design didn't just leave you with all of these open centers to fend for yourself. You, reflectors are really quite resilient, but at the same time, they are very open to what is going on around them. And this particular outdoor blend, it can help you with courage. It can help you with confidence. It can help you to feel a little more self-contained and it can definitely help you to feel safe. I, I think it's a brilliant oil for so many people, people who have sensitivity in their charts, people who need protection for various reasons. I think that is a brilliant oil. I mean, there, there are other oils available out there that aren't doTERRA oils that are fabulous for protecting, but I just, I love this oil because I think it's gentle and powerful. And I think that's that kind of almost describes the reflector. They're, they're gentle, but they are incredibly powerful. I love that, Roz. And I recommend the doTERRA grounding blend called Balance. Is yeah. that the same initial? Yes. Um, because you're probably, if you're a reflector, you're taking in all this energy and you're probably feeling like all over the place uh, all the time if you don't understand how it works. And so balance can just bring you back to center and kind of more grounded at any time. And I think reflectors need that. And it even has your favorite blue tansy in there. So if you <laughs> want a hint of blue tansy, it's in, it's in balance. And it also has frankincense in, in it, which I think is great for reflectors. Yeah, I think it is too. I think frankincense is a great oil for reflectors. If your kids like it, it's quite a strong. Yep. Balance um, is a little bit more yeah. calm. Yeah. Balance is a bit more kid friendly, isn't oh, it? Yep. Kid friendly. Yep. Yeah. Although I know a lot of kids love Frankie, so try and it. I, it works. And I can tell you an, a blend that we talked about earlier, Serenity, which yep. is called something Lavender. else. If you put lavender piece or serenity and mix it with balance and make a rollerball. It's like liquid calm. So it's just amazing for any kid, any type, any parent. So we will be continuing to talk about our adventures in parenting using the tools of human design and essential oils in the next two episodes at least. But thank you for listening today about human design types and your children. Just being here and listening to this is the first step in helping your kids and helping yourself. So we hope you found some interesting ideas from our discussion that can help you um, just be a little more of yourself and help honor your kids for who they are. And if you have any questions or interest in learning more about human design, you can go to our websites. Um, mine is buwithnani.com and findyournaturalgroove.com for Roz. And like we said at the beginning, we're happy to answer questions. So you can find us in our various channels and ask us questions. Or e- you can email us at oilsbydesignpodcast at gmail.com. And if you don't already have essential oils and are interested in getting some in your home for yourself or your kids, either one of us can help you get started. And if what we are sharing is helping you, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be amazing. We have a fast-growing audience and this helps us spread it even faster and wider. So thank you for listening. Have a great day, Roz. And you too, Nani. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.